Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. And I have World Cup fever, ladies and gentlemen. World Cup fever. Never thought I'd say that without the U.S. being entailed. But I do. I don't really believe I don't get it. I don't believe I really do. Uh, So I watched... Hold on. I watched all of England's game on... I watched both games on Saturday. Start to finish. Completely. I have the France game on... Well, I did have it on my computer screen today at work. Anytime there has been a game on while there was while there was actual work being done and it was shown in our lobby or in our kitchen, I was watching it. I I have fallen in love with this year's World Cup. I've tweeted a bunch about it, but I will tell you something. I hate shootouts. I still hate them. I I hate them in hockey. I hate them in soccer. I I, I just hate them. I hate everything about them. I think that they don't show any skill. They show a guessing game. That's it. Goalie goes one way, shoot the other way. If the goalie happens to pick the way that you shoot, chances are he's going to save it. That's it. It's 50-50 shot. I just don't like it. Why don't you tell us how you really feel? I think they should take two men off the field and play nine-on-nine. So you like the four-on-four hockey when they go when they go when they do it that way? I really don't, but I, I'm looking for a solution, like you said before. Like we, everybody's always said, look, they used. To, I wanted it to be golden goal in that 30-minute period, and I understand that they did do that for a little bit of time. And the reason they stopped doing it was similar to what happens in hockey. Neither team really did anything; they just sat on their hands without taking a shot. So like the Russia-Croatia, they went to two 15-minute halves. That wasn't golden goal. Each one got a goal. And that was really exciting. I loved watching that, I don't know what you call it, overtime or third session, extra time. Uh, Seth, you tell me. What do they call those two 15-minute halves at the end of 15-minute periods? What's that? Just two extra sessions. Okay, two extra sessions. So I really enjoyed watching that. What I didn't like was at the end of those two extra sessions, then we had, yay, shootouts. What the hell? <laughs> I, I, I just, really, I saw no skill. It, it was a guessing game. I'm glad Croatia won. I really was rooting for Croatia. I was rooting for England, too. I mean, I, I find myself very troubled by the fact that I'm rooting for England. But I am rooting for England. Maybe it's, be, well, I'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, I, I don't like the shootouts. I think add a couple of more subs, let people come back in, and just keep playing. Game of attrition. Just keep playing. Go. Go me respond or go? Or, no, I, I, I go as you. in the teams. Look, I think I think you play it. Look, hockey in the playoffs, you play until the game's over, right? It's a game of mm-hmm. attrition. These guys are world-class athletes. Played till they're done. Well, they got four I, days I, I to don't rest think, up. I, I don't think it's quite the same thing as as, di- as difficult it is for hockey. You're in and out, two minutes on, two minutes off, as opposed to running 120 minutes. Um, but, no, I, I do agree. And I never really thought about limiting it to nine on nine. Um, but I, I, as much as I enjoy shootouts, I don't think it's a way you should end the game. It's it, it to me. It's kind of silly. 
Um, and I since we've seen it we've seen it in World Cup finals before in '94 with Roberto Baggio uh, in Italy Brazil. We've seen it. It's just not a fun way to. It's not. It's just not a fun way to. It is a fun way to end the game. It's just not the right way to end the game. I think we're looking for the word anticlimactic is probably the way that kind I would of. describe it. Because you play all game, and then all of a sudden you come down. Like, the def- the defenders have no no uh, role in this. Absolutely none. It's the goalie no, and the forwards. Yep. It's half the team. And the, rea- so. and the reality is also, the. I mean, it's kind of, they all cheat. Uh, I mean, because the whole deal with penalty shots is goalies are not supposed to go off the line, and but they all do. And we saw that with Russia. We saw that with Croatia. It's just the nature of the beast. And, okay, so we yeah. got four teams left. We got Belgium, France, Croatia, and England. Um, I've already picked my look. The guy, I already picked the team that I'm rooting for, but I know nothing about these teams. I mean, the only reason I'm rooting for England is because for the first time in my memory, they are not pompous asses. They're just not. They're the team that should not have been there as opposed to the team that should be there, which, and even I believe the English people, certainly the uh, the Brits that I work with, are like, this team should not be here at all. No. They don't have the talent. They don't have the skill. And, and to me, that's humbling and an underdog role. And I like it for whoever. So I, I, I'm rooting for Croatia, which I can't anymore because I'm rooting for England, but I'm rooting for England and I'm rooting for France. Well, I'm rooting for Belgium and Belgium simply because, number one, I think Kevin De Bruyne is the most underrated player in professional soccer. Number two, four weeks, five weeks ago when we came on the show, I took Belgium to win it all. Um, so based on that, plus they play a very entertaining style of soccer, a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I mean, France is probably the most talented, but they're so young, other than Pogba and Griezmann. I think... But right now it's, I mean, it's 0-0 at halftime. The first half was, well, two minutes into the second half. But the first half was pretty entertaining. Um, England, Croatia. Yeah, England was not supposed to be here. This is not a very good England team. It's a combination of playing well, being a little bit more humble, and having a really, really easy draw. I mean, to play the teams that they've, you know, Sweden – is not a special is not a specific particularly special team. I, I forget off the top of my head who they play. Oh, they played Colombia and they won the penalty shootout. I mean, you look at the teams that they in the other side of the bracket. You had, I mean, they didn't play Spain. Spain was really because of they didn't play Spain because Spain lost to Russia. So they didn't play France. They didn't play. Well, they played. They didn't play Belgium in the knockout stage. They didn't, they weren't with Brazil. They weren't. They had a very good draw, and credit to them that they took advantage of it. And I, I think whoever wins this England-Croatia game tomorrow, I think it'll probably be the easiest draw ever to make the finals. Just is. Um, now, I think they'll be the, the look, underdogs. Look, that, look, I get what you're saying, but like we say in the NCAA tournament, right? You can only play the teams that are in front of you. So, yeah. so, so props to them, even though they have a, a wicked – uh, awful draw, they still made it through the draw, right? I mean, they're still yeah, they're yeah, still where they nothing, are. They still where they are. Yes, they still they still no, where they, they still are. are where they are. They still are. Look, oh, I thought you, said they, I thought you said they still are where they are. Okay. No, the no, um, not there. <laughs> no, they're look. They're in a great position. They're in a position two hundred and fifty other countries or two hundred other countries would kill to be in. Um, and they have a very good shot to they have a very good shot against Croatia, who's coming off two penalty shootouts. They would have a decent shot. They've played Belgium already um, and lost one zero in kind of a meaningless game. Look, they would be a slight underdog to either of these whoever wins the Belgium France game. But this is this wouldn't exactly be the 1980 U.S. Olympics. You know, this is a team that you know this is a team. That's probably would be about a fifty-five, you know, fifty-seven percent underdog. So it'd be something like, 50, okay. you know, fifty-five, forty-five, fifty-seven, forty-three, something like that. So they'd be right there. And what about Croatia? Let's 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 assume Same Croatia thing. wins this game. 
Is it the same thing? Are they, are they in even yeah, match? Same thing. Croatian and England. They're just about Belgium. Look, Belgium and France are probably two of the three, four, three or four most talented teams in the world. Okay. Um. So France, you know, with has extraordinary talent up and down. Um, with between you know with with, with Olivier Giroud and Paul Pogba and all these guys that have been there for a while, and the France just scored. So, uh, but, and they're doing a weird dance on the center. So France is now winning one zero in the fifty eighth in the fiftieth minute on a header from someone I couldn't see who it was. God, I love being able to watch this on my computer while I host. It, 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 I do work for a living, right? Um, sometimes. So sometimes <laughs> more than other people I know. <laughs> This is coming from me, so, but let me let me ask yeah. you. So, so I I watched on July fourth. I mean, I've done I've done a lot. Uh, sorry, June thirtieth. I've watched a lot of this World Cup, and I'm and I'm actually surprised at not only how much I've watched, but how much the U people in the United States have watched with a U.S. team not even in it. And I'm I'm a little surprised by that. I'm I'm, I'm more than a little surprised that. This World Cup is so much more popular than any other World Cup for, that I recall, and maybe that's because it's at ten and two. Maybe it's because it's during the day, so everybody's either at at work where they can, and the internet obviously is a helpful thing in that you can watch it both at work or at home. And then on the weekends, it's during the middle of the day. So you're not taking up really valuable time from people, or you can share it with your your kids or whatnot. Do you find it the same amongst your friends? Uh, maybe it's just me, and I just haven't been paying attention in the past. Um, my friends don't particularly enjoy it. They never have. I mean, for the most part, they never really have. Um, I mean, you know, you're a good example. And you know, we watched now four years ago. We watched the U.S. lose to Belgium. But you know, you've never been a huge soccer guy to watch. I know you enjoy playing it. And to me, you know, I've, I also, but you're also in an office of hundreds of people. I'm in an office of seven. So I'm working. I have it on my flat screen. I'm all not, today I'm, I have it on my computer because I'm in my New York office, not New Jersey. And like my good friends, most of my friends don't really talk about it. It's not a, you know, they talk, like people in the office talk about baseball. You, to me, talking about, you know, unless the Yankees trade for, uh, Machado or or Degrom, it's July. I could care less. You know, they're going to be one of the top four teams. You know, we talk about you know my friends. We talk about the NBA free agency. You know, even a mm-hmm. little bit about MMA with what happened on Saturday night. But nobody ever really talk. My friends don't talk about soccer for the most part. And the people, you know, the radio shows I listen to never discuss it. So I I I'm not surprised that people are watching it because it's an escape in a lot of ways. It's a nationalistic escape from whatever the heck we're going through as a country right now. So yep. I kind of see it along those lines as well. Okay. that That's fair. I, I mean, so fast forward four years, right? So your assumption has always been that the U.S. will be there in Qatar. Um, yes. What I, I believe Qatar is a bad time for for U.S., I'm going, to, I'm going to look up the time zone change. I think it's, time a, yeah, it's like a, it, yeah, it's around Israel's time. It's about a 10 to 12 hour difference. So right now it's 10:13 at night. So it's it's similar to that of of Sochi. We're we're pretty close. That's not too bad. I was going to that, say that's not actually too bad. Right, it's a because seven they hour difference. Past so. midnight, they're going to play on the same times. They're going to play probably. 10 and 2, like they did here. And so you think that it will be a bigger draw for the U.S., more interest or less interest in four years? More interest. Because, because well, more interest because, just because we're there. there. Okay. We, we should be there. Number two, it's going to be a very, very different team. For the last eight years, for the most part, the players have all been the same. Uh, Clint Dempsey, Landon Donovan, who didn't make the cup four years ago, but you know Michael Bradley, Tim Howard, you know this is going to be a really young team in 2022. It's probably going to be led by Christian Pulisic, Pulisic who plays for uh, Borussia Dortmund in Germany, who's 19 and is kind of taking the U.S. soccer world by storm and pretty much almost single-handedly led the team into the World Cup. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of younger guys who are coming up. You know, it, look, there's never an excuse for the U.S. not to make a World Cup out of this conference, out of this division. CONACAF's not strong. You know, Panama was the number three team. You saw they were an embarrassment for the most part in in this in this tournament. Um, Mexico was one. You know, did what Mexico always does. Um, you know, so it's one and done. Um, sorry, I, they, there's no reason. And now it's oh, what a save by uh, Courtois. Otherwise, it was going to be 2 nothing now. It's probably the ballgame. Um, there's never a reason the U.S. shouldn't make the cup. Period. There's just not. Um, so I, I assume they will until they don't. Okay. And That's fair. my guess is after not being there for four years, and they're going to be hosting in 2016, and they'll be kind of a young and aggressive team, hopefully, I would think that the, that the, uh, the popularity would be there. Where we would be more yeah, heavily washed in this cup. Now, there's one question that came up the other day amongst uh, my peers, of which I did not have the answer. So perhaps you do. Perhaps. Generally, generally, the host team does not have to play, right, to get yes. into the cup. They are what they are. Well, mm-hmm. who's hosting in 20-whatever number we're at? 26. 26. Who's hosting? I don't know how they're going to do it. Um, it's because you have U.S., Canada, and Mexico. I have no clue. My guess is all three teams. Well, they're expanding to 48 teams, I believe, the tournament okay. by that point. Okay. So instead of the instead of the Konikov only getting three bids, I'm assuming they'll get like they'll get five. So three mm-hmm. of them will go to U.S., Mexico, and Canada. And oh, look, so you, Mexico's that's already gone. decided. Yeah, you, when you host, you automatically get in. Okay. That's how the U.S. got in in '94. Um, right. Okay. So, that that was the question. Yeah. It was it was very simple, and I didn't have the answer. So now I have the answer. Thank you so much. That was helpful. Okay. Yeah, glad I'm I could be of assistance. Switch, yeah. Well, every once in a while. Switching topics onto uh, the baseball. We we talked about Manny Machado and whether he's going to get drafted. Do you have any interest in watching the All Star Game? It's no. this Tuesday night. Did you even know it was this Tuesday night? I did because I see all the Fox commercials for it on uh, on um, what do you call it on during the soccer games. <laughs> okay. Do you have any interest in watching it? No. Okay. I mean, I may so watch it in the pa- or two, but not. But I doubt it. So Bud Selig came up with this great idea of making the All Star Game count, and for a while that drummed up some interest. And then it drummed up some negativity, especially for me, who thought that that was the worst idea ever. Is there any way to make the All-Star game relevant? No. I mean, no, it's just not. It, just like in any other sport. You know, you're not – the transcend it's, – it's, it's not a – you know, when you see the NBA All-Star game and – you know, you have these transcendent stars, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Magic, whoever. You know, they're playing They're playing for 35 minutes running back and forth, up and down. So it's fun. You know, Mike Trout is, is the transcendent star in Major League Baseball right now. It's not like he's, there's going to be nothing out of the ordinary that he's going to do in the All-Star game. You know, you're not going to have 37 dunks. You know, he's going to get four at-bats or three at-bats. He's going to play center field. It's like watching a regular baseball game. There's no real difference. So, to me, you know, plus you – I mean, this year, the most interesting thing about this year is the controversy with uh, – you know, is the controversy with with Blair Snell. But yep. I don't find it – you know, I don't have any great – you know, 20, 30 years ago, I can kind of see it being – seeing seeing a, a different feel for it when you, you didn't get to see all these teams, you didn't get to see all these players. And it was kind of really great. Now, I mean, look, if I wanted to watch a Kansas city Royal in the, in the world here in the, sorry, in the all-star game, you know, first of all, no one belongs there. Number two, I can go watch it on ESPN or I can go watch, I can watch him play at any other time. It has no, 
there's nothing that exciting to me about it. And I understand why they, you know, why Bud Selig wanted to make it in, make it pertinent. It makes perfect sense. But I just don't think you can make all-star games pertinent. I just don't. Okay, so so let me give you an idea. So 20 years ago, and I can't believe it's 20 years ago already, uh, Bud Selig, as the great commissioner that he was, and now we can call him a Hall of Fame commissioner. I just like to call decided, him a salesman. But okay. okay, there you go. Um, decided that interleague play was a good idea. And I believe the All-Star game is less popular because of interleague play. I think it's, baseball itself is less popular because of interleague play. Because I think the allure has worn off, and I think that people see, like you said, Interleague play was designed for the Mets to play the Yankees or the Cubs to play the White Sox. But when you have Boston playing Philadelphia, nobody cares any more than any other baseball game that you have. Has interleague play run its course to the point that it should be, it should just go back to the way it was, where you don't see those teams play each other until the World Series, which also means that I don't get to see on a regular basis, say, Carlos Correa or Jose Altuve because he's not playing my Mets. Would that drum up, would that help the allure of the All-Star game and help the allure of the World Series, which also the ratings stink? Or will it, it not make hurt. any difference whatsoever? It probably wouldn't hurt, but I don't think it would have a huge impact. I think there's a reality here that it's a sport, that the sports that are it is it is a sport that is just blatantly on the downside and has been for a while. When we were growing up, baseball and football were one and two, and you could I don't know the and I I would think baseball was probably more popular. Now maybe I'm wrong in the eighties or in the seventies and the eighties, but it's slow. It's not that inter you know it's it's not as fun to watch as some of these other sports. The, the players don't aren't entertaining for the most part. They don't really show dynamic personality. And it's, I, I don't see the sport coming back. Um, you know, it's a, it's a number three for now. I don't see it passing back, coming back anywhere near basketball or football in the near future. I don't think, I don't think there's much that saves it. I just... How about wagering? I mean, not that I think it. It'll help, but it's not. Again, it's not football. It's not a once a week thing. Fantasy baseball hasn't had a huge impact on it. And you know, when you can wager on 162 games, it's not the same as wagering. No, I, mean, you know, I, I was talking about in the stadium wagering. Oh. Um, well, the problem is if they're going to do that for baseball, they're going to do that for every sport. So you're kind of you're kind Correct. of in the same. Oh, Belgium just missed a header by inches to tie the game. Um, you're going to do it for one sport. You're going to do it for every sport. So I don't. When you're doing it for every sport, I don't think any specific sport's going to have a defined advantage one way or the other, where their popularity is going to increase significantly. I guess the one good part with baseball versus a, an NBA or a hockey is because you have the slowdown because there's time in between pitches. You know, you can bet on a pitch. You can bet, I guess, yeah. on a, on a, uh, on an attack, which you can't do. You can't do it on the, on the NBA. You can't bet on a possession. Someone's going to shoot a three point score on a three pointer. It's just too right. hard. Um, but I just think it's a, I just, you know, I just think it's a sport, kind of like how boxing was huge in the 20s and 30s. I think you know, it, it's it's on its long, you know, it's on a long. And again, I'm also not a huge baseball fan, so that may, you know, I don't think there's a bias there, but that may play a part as well. But sports ebb and flow. I mean, five, what 10 years ago, NASCAR was the real up and coming, which surprised well, anyone really from the Northeast. And now it can barely handle, it barely has sponsors at this point. So, you know, the sports, they come back and forth. The football was, you know, is the king, still is the king. But is it where it was two or three years ago? Probably not. Um, I don't see baseball. Well, you can thank our president for that. Of course. But, you know, I, I don't see 
I don't, as I said, I don't see baseball's uptick. Okay. I just don't. Okay, so speaking about a a sport that had an uptick, didn't have an uptick, had an uptick, didn't have an uptick, MMA. So is it on its way back up? And due to Saturday night's events, what does that do for the sport itself? Well, it depends what you see as the big thing that happened on Saturday night. If the big well, do you share? It's not okay. Well, do you know what happened on Saturday night or no? No, I, know you're I don't have a MMA clue guy. what happened on Saturday night. <laughs> okay. Well, a Whoa. guy pretty much for the for the first time in for the second time in the history of MMA, someone is holding both two belts simultaneously. So the guy who John Jones, the guy who couldn't beat John Jones, he's beaten everyone else in the world. Um, got the, who's a light heavyweight champion. His name is Daniel Cormier. He got to fight the heavyweight champion, and he knocked him out in the first round. So he's now the light heavyweight and the heavyweight champion of the world. So who does he call into the ring? Brock Lesnar, who awesome. happens to be there. And now they're putting together this fight between him and Brock Lesnar. Now the reality is, number one, Brock Lesnar is suspended for steroids. And number two... He's not in the top 20 in the world for heavyweight fighters, but he's Brock bleeping Lesnar. And so they're going to they're gonna make that fight. Now, MMA is nowhere near as popular as it was a couple of years ago. But MMA is in a straight – it may be a little bit more popular overseas. The problem with MMA is it's become oversaturated, where there's pay-per-views every, you know, every two weeks. There's, there's events all the time. And the reality is, other than Conor McGregor, who's you know a controversial whether you know, to like one way or the other, there's no big name. You you ever heard of Stipe Miocic before? That sounds like the soup I had two days ago in Japan. It may be. He's a Cleveland firefighter who was the heavyweight champion of the world. Really? Daniel Cormier. Yeah, he yeah, is actually the longest. Cormier is the one who, yeah, Cormier, because Cormier fought John Jones and lost twice. Now, Cormier is now, Cormier is now the light heavyweight and the heavyweight champion of the world. And he's well liked and well respected. Is he the brother of Raul? He's not the brother of Raul. No, he is not. Real. Darn it. I thought it was Raul. He is not the brother of Real Cormier. The the middleweight champion, I think, is Robert Whitaker. You ever heard of him? I've heard of his brother, Forrest. That, yeah, not quite. He wasn't in the last King of Scotland. Um, at 155, I'm trying to think of the other ones. J.J. Dillashaw, T.J. Dillashaw. Demetrius Johnson is probably the number one fighter. Exactly. Now, three or four years ago, you may not – now, you personally may not have filed, followed MMA, but you've heard of probably of Jane, George St. Pierre. You've heard yes. of probably Randy Couture, who's in the Expendables movies. You've heard of yes. Peter Ortiz and Chuck Liddell. Like, you've heard of these yes. people. The, com- yes. the 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 common sports fan who's not an M doesn't know who any of these people are. You've heard of Ronda Rousey. Yeah. So, you know Ronda Rousey not fighting right now, and Amanda, Amanda Nunes is the champion. So I mean, like, there's nobody, there's just no big names, and the the personalities are just not there. So that's where MMA is having an issue domestically. I think far, I think internationally they're doing fine. But you know, I, I don't, I don't watch it as much as I used to. I don't follow it anywhere close to as hard as I used to. So, you want? I mean, again, the, I guess the in-house wagering. Maybe you can bet between rounds when there's going to be a knockout. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's sports are in a different place. Um, Is our show at, know, at, 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 a, at a crossroads here? <laughs> for the thousands, not for, the, for the millions to talk of listeners, about. you can't talk. You mean, I don't think we're going to talk about esports. Oh, I'd love yeah. to talk about esports because that that reminds me of my niece and nephew that watch Minecraft. They don't just play Minecraft, but they watch somebody on YouTube playing Minecraft. That's what they do. They sit there and watch somebody else play a video game. That sound, the only time I ever did that when I was drunk in college, and we were having we were having any uh, Madden or NHL '96 tournaments. 
Well, that's not true. We arcades. We used to go and watch other people, right? Because we were waiting yeah, for our for turn, time. so we'd watch. We were waiting for our turn, right? Right. But and my one-year-old son watches kind of games on YouTube because he's well one, and that's his attention span. <laughs> I mean, I know the sport has gotten has gotten huge, has gotten really big, but I don't. You know, I have no interest. I don't get it. And if that makes me an old fogey, that's fine. Like I'm perfectly fine with well, that. To to make you feel a little bit young, one of the esports is actually Street Fighter. Really, I did yeah. not know that. Roger, there was an article on ESPN uh, dot com about what players do in their uh, off time, not off time, but when they're like, I don't know, off season. And Roger Stafford, who is a uh, offensive tackle for the Rams, yeah, for the Rams, he owns and he runs he he owns an esports team. And they are the champions in Street Fighter. I was like, oh, I don't feel so old anymore. I'm That's funny. Old. I'm still You're old. old. I'm still old. Darn it. Okay. So, so a couple couple of weeks ago, we started talking about uh, NBA free agency, and w- there are a couple of things that happened in the last week. Notably, that Carmelo Anthony will not be an Orlando th- uh, Lander. Will not be an Oklahoma City Thunder. But one of the more interesting contracts, so I've done a little bit of research, and two weeks ago, we pre- well, Seth pretty much lambasted, that may be putting it a little bit much, but basically said that Aaron Gordon did not deserve the, tw- the four-year, $84 million contract that he got. Am I expressing this mm-hmm. correctly? Okay. Yes. So it actually turned out to be a four-year, $76 million contract, which, again, not really great. Until you look at the way that it was structured. And I give the Magic a lot of credit in this. So the Magic structured this contract. I'm looking for the actual terms. But they structured it in a decline. So he's going to get paid more this year than he does in four years. Which makes it, A, easier to trade. B, easier to use under the cap this year. Right? Because they have the room. So he's actually going to... He's going to get 21.5 this year, 19.8 in 1920, 18 in 2021, and then it drops down to 16 in 21-22. Aaron Gordon's what, 23? Something Give like or that. take, right? Yeah. So when he's 27, which is probably his prime as a basketball player, the Magic have him at the least salary of the contract. I love the contract from the Magic. I'm not and sure if, if I'd go that far, Gordon, but I would you take Aaron Gordon at 16 million right now? I don't know. I'd have to oh, see what the rest I of think, my team. I think Orlando does because, dude, he, he's he has not proven to be much of anything other than a great athlete. Um, I guess. If I'm Orlando and I'm not going to get any any significant free agents, then it makes sense to me. But do I see this as a fantastic deal for the Magic? No. I actually do. And the reasoning is, okay, $21 million this year. You weren't getting anybody else this year, right? They're, right. They're, okay. And they, didn't, and they could go above the cap to get Aaron Gordon anyway, but there's no reason the bird to do rights. such. Yeah, agreed. Right. Okay. Now, every year that since the beginning of the cap, every year the cap has gone up. It may mm-hmm. be like $2 million, it may be $17 million as it did two years ago, but it's gone up. So as the cap yeah. goes up, this contract goes contract, down. I understand. Oh, no, I understand it. I completely understand the value of the declining contract. Thank you. I guess to CPA. me, he's like, right, but to me, he's a $50 million player. He's a $50 million dollar over how many years? Over four. A $12, $13 million player, not a 20 to, 21 to 16. Okay. When I think a guy's valued at 13. It's, I get it. I just don't agree with it. That's all. Okay. All right. I mean, the way I look at the cap and the way I will forever, I think, look at the cap is a percentage of the cap. Because the money is going to either – the money's going to change, right? As the cap goes up, the money's going to go up. There's no question of about course. that. Because that means the max salary goes up, and so everything else does. So it's a percentage of the cap. So over the course of this contract, his percentage goes down. 
And when you're talking the last two years of the contract at 16 or 17, that's the equivalent of today of 13 in the percentage of the cap. So, I, oh, in the percentage of the cap, I completely agree. Yeah, I liked, I, I really like the contract. And then if you look, so that happened. Where does Carmelo wind up? So, Carme, so for those that have been too busy with the World Cup or too busy doing just about anything else but following the NBA, Car, uh, the Thunder came out and said, you know what, Carmelo? It just ain't going to work. Wow. They discovered what every Nick fan knew the last three years. It just <laughs> wasn't going to work. So for a guy that can't play defense, which I have been – true or false, I've been saying this for two to three years. You have. Yep. Okay. So I think the Knicks got a great deal. <laughs> I said it at the time. Anything <laughs> to get out from this guy's contract. And they did. And they actually got a productive player in Enos Cantor, who also can't play defense, but is, can't play it at $17 million, not $28 million. But Agreed. Anyway, so – so they said, you know what, Carmelo, you slow up our team. You want to be a starter. We don't think you're going to be a starter. You, you shouldn't be a starter, especially on my team. And you don't play a lick of defense. You're not going to work well with us. So we're going to explore a trade of which every other general manager just snickered. Because even if you waived Carmelo Anthony, I'm not sure anybody would pick up that salary. The only contract that I think would come close is if he would go to Houston for Ryan Anderson, but in that case, the the Thunder would have to give up a pick, not the Rockets. Yes. I'm maybe not sure a second-round pick. I'm not sure that would be even within the 15%, though. I think Orlando, no, I think, I think have, Oklahoma. I think Houston would have to give up something else, like a small little yeah, bit. So it's $27 million. I think Anderson earns 21, 21. So within 15% yeah. is another – you know, you got to give up a minimum salary player. You just sign some guy off the street and throw him into a trade. But – or you take a guy out of retirement. That's happened many times, like Keith Van Horn. But would you do that if you were Houston? No. Um because you get rid of Ryan Anderson's contract for next year. Ryan Anderson. I was going to say the contract. question is I don't know how many years. I was going to say I don't know how many years are left on his contract. So he's got two. So he's got this year and next year. So you're picking up a higher contract in Mello for this year, and you're losing Anderson next year. Well, considering the problem is also that you're Houston, you're going to D'Antoni. And, yep. you know, they, they didn't do very well together the first time, although they should have, because D'Antoni encourages everyone to just shoot pretty much to keep shooting threes. But, so I don't know. I can't imagine. Now, I know Paul, Chris Paul has more say than D'Antoni does in the organization. And, I, I mean, I don't think it's the worst position in the world to have. No, I just, I guess I, I, I don't know. I don't think so. And I, I definitely guess, I, don't, I don't do it if I'm New Orleans. I, I'm, I definitely don't do no. it. If I'm, I've now I've now messed up Oklahoma City with three different teams. That's okay. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, I definitely don't do it if I'm if I'm Oklahoma City. The only reason you do it for them is because you lose much more salary under the cap. You'd lose an additional fifteen million under the cap if you get rid right. of Carmelo, and you get a value, and you get a player. Because the way that this will work, ladies and gentlemen, is if they waive Carmelo Anthony, they will. Th these numbers are staggering. They will, if they waive Carmelo Anthony and agree to pay his twenty-seven point nine million dollars this year, they will save almost a hundred million dollars in luxury taxes. Yeah, a hundred. Let that sink in. A hundred million dollars. If they stretch him out, and I don't mean literally, a stretch out of a contract means you can pay him nine point something million over the next three, nine point three million over the next three years. The stretch provision allows you 
to basically waive a contract and stretch it out over th uh, three times the amount of years. So if you had two-year contract, it would be six, three is nine, etc. They would save a staggering $132 million <laughs> this year. This is insane. And this is kind of why people were throwing up their hands when, when he opted in and said, wow, this just isn't going to work. But if you're Carmelo, you have to opt in. I mean, there's no way not to. Right. You're not so going to walk away from wind... $27 million. So where does he wind where does up? Where end up? With the Golden State Warriors? Because I think he fits their, <laughs> their offense perfectly. No, I, I think I, I think Golden. I don't think he, he's a fit for Golden State. Um, Everybody else is. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess if he doesn't go to Houston, he'll probably end up with the Lakers. But I can't imagine that Luke Walton is going to be that ecstatic about bringing in you know bringing in someone who can't, who's well past his prime, can't shoot, can't do much at this point. I mean, I, you know, because he's going to want to play with either one with either Paul or, or LeBron, and I don't know, I don't know where he goes. I don't know. Someone had suggested he go back to the Knicks. I thought that was great, but um, well, Houston just lost yeah. their two small forwards, so that's right. an issue. That's a huge issue. Well, and plus, but, uh, what's his name? Capella now apparently may not be coming back. They're forty million. They're forty. They're forty million apart in contract. Doesn't matter. He's right a now. restricted free agent. Doesn't matter. So, yeah. The question is, gentlemen, how much into the luxury tax are they going to? Well, so, so here are the options for Carmelo. He's probably either going to get waived or stretched. If he gets waived mm -hmm. or stretched, teams can can offer him whatever they have under the cap, such as like. Let's go with uh, Chicago. Chicago has like $20 million under the cap. And they could technically take him for $20 million if they really wanted, which would be $50 million for Carmelo in one year. That would be fun. Also, not to play defense and to shoot awful shots. Or he can be absorbed into one of the exceptions that many of these teams that are over the cap have, either a biannual exception or a veteran's exception. Or the mid-level, yep. Look, I can go through any of the exceptions, and it would take all day. It's cap nonsense that you guys don't need to hear. But generally, it's between $1 and $5 million, give or take. Houston can offer him 4.3. The Lakers can offer him 25 <laughs> because they are <laughs> under the cap. Well, I mean, if it's a money situation, which it should not be, he'll be a Laker. If it's if it's just where do you fit? He to me he fits better with Houston because they actually have playing time for him. Now, when it comes down to Clint Capella, Clint Capella is the starting center for the Houston Rockets. He has a six point nine million dollar uh, cap hold, which means that the Rockets are absorbing six point nine million dollars. It's also his restricted tender, so he can sign with the the Rockets this year and become a completely unrestricted free agent next year. That's option A. Option B, he can hold out for whatever amount that he wants, but he can only play for the Rockets. And number C, number C. wow, today's number been an six. interesting day. Letter <laughs> C, or number three, a team can sign him as a restricted free agent, much in the same way that Zach Levine was signed by Sacramento and then matched by the Bulls which, again, is something very weird for me. $20 million for Zach Levine. Talk about an athlete. There's your athlete for $20 million. But those are his options. Option D is doing nothing. But that also means he doesn't become an unrestricted free agent next year. So I get that they are so far apart. But, Seth, he doesn't have many options here. He's only no, got three. No, his leverage is pretty limited. Yeah, I understand. He's got none. There are no teams right now, there's one, I'm sorry, there's one team, Sacramento, that has max capability. One. So he can go play in Sacramento if he wants, 
But I guarantee you that if he signs a $20 million restricted free agent tender with Sacramento, I guarantee you Houston's going to say, yep, no problem. We'll do it. Yeah. Agreed. Right? So so he basically has no leverage at all, in my opinion. Tell me if I'm wrong here. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think the problem is if he feels disrespected by Houston. Oh. I know. It's only $15 million a year instead of 20 Him and Marcus Smart can go, can go crying in a hot tub somewhere. Oh, I think the other Seriously. question is: Do you want an unhappy center on your, an unhappy star player on your team? Does that does that screw up the chemistry? You know, there there are other moving parts to it. Yep. So yep. no, I totally get. It. Seth, I'm going to step out for one minute. Please take over, and I will be right back. Okay. Um, well, as we were talking, oh no, the pressure of actually having to host this by myself. Where do we go? Um, I guess the other thing is to talk about in regards to the NBA free agency. Um, it's been a, it just the just seeing kind of almost seeing what's happening in Minnesota, where now Jimmy Butler is saying he won't resign because he doesn't want to play with Carl Anthony Towns. Um, you know, a team, for a team or with Wiggins because they don't get along. The problem is to me that you know that team should be Jimmy Butler. You just, it's hard to do because he's only he's only uh, has a one year contract one year left on his contract, but you know that that the idea that they can't re- he can't relate to to Towns because all they do is play on the phone is hysterical to me. But you're looking at in 2019, you're looking at such a free agency, plus so many people are going to have space under the cap. You're looking at Kyrie, you're looking at Butler, um, you're looking. I guess at Kawhi, we don't even know where that's coming from at this point. Um, you're talking about hundreds and hundreds of millions. I think it was over a billion dollars, if I remember correctly, was spent on um, was was spent in this in the first week of this of this uh, free agency. So it'll be it most likely it'll be even more right now. And actually, ESPN just quoting Carmelo was meeting with other teams, including the Houston Rockets and the Miami Heat. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. I guess a quick thing also to talk about while Sean is gone, although I think he just came back on. Did you just come back on? I, I did. I'm, I'm interested oh. to see if Carmel. I'm interested to see if Carmelo can play with Gordon Drogic and Pat Riley and play in that up tempo offense. Let's go with that one. Anyway, continue on. Um, I don't know if you saw the two other big pieces of news today. I don't know if you checked sports today. Um, you saw about Lashawn McCoy. I did. Shady's been a little shady. Well, Sean's been or so shady. He's, or so he's been accused. Let, let's put it that way. He's yeah. been accused. By the way, they are in the 89th minute right now, and France is still up 1-0. That is not where I went to check. But it, 80, almost in the 90th minute, so we'll see how much stoppage time is left. One gonna zero be, I, think France. Gonna be, I think there's going to be quite a bit. But we'll okay. find out soon enough. Um yeah, so his ex-girlfriend has accused him, good Lord, not of just domestic assault, but pretty much of killing a puppy, that he beat his son, you know, all this, a lot of stuff. And LaShawn's response is, I haven't talked to this woman in months. So it, it, it strikes me as a relatively black or white issue. Because, I mean, good Lord. If that stuff is so, true, he's never playing another football game. Well, okay, so there uh, are four minutes of stoppage time, so by the time that we are done with this, uh, well, the game will be over no, before we are. But the, yeah, ooh, six minutes of stock. But the thing six is also that you you have to remember about the NFL is remember the NFL is going to do their own investigation. Whether yes. or not this proves to, be, proves to be true in a court of law, this is going to hang over LaShawn McCoy until it doesn't hang over LaShawn McCoy. And until somebody says, no, this didn't happen, or she retracts, or whatever, just the accusation in the NFL is troubling for any athlete, basically in any sport, but I mean more so in the NFL, where they have stated, we're not going to pay attention, we're not going to uh, adhere only to the court of law. We're going to do our own investigation, as we saw in Ezekiel Elliott's case six games and 
Shady is not exactly um, Slim Shady, and he's definitely not Young Shady. These are the last couple of years that he will probably be a full-time starter. So interesting, will be an interesting saga to watch, and even more so will be interesting as to fantasy football and how much he will go for in the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Fantasy Football League. We will not be taking him, by the way. No. No, no, no. We are, we are well, well, regardless, regardless. We're yeah, just we'll, simply we'll based be, upon we'll, this. Yeah, yeah, we're, 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 we're uh, good spirits. We, we don't really do that. Uh, so, anyway, but yes, I saw that. So they are now in the 92nd minute, and Belgium has, uh, sorry, Belgium has the ball. France up one nothing. That was very interesting. We just had a yellow card, I think. We have a yellow yeah, card for somebody wa- basically wasting time. Yeah, that's the 170 million dollar guy who went to re- who went to uh, P- to I think I forget it was Real or PSG. Um, but I don't know if you also saw not only that, so also Cristiano Ronaldo just signed today with uh, that he's going to go to Juventus and leaving Real Madrid. How much so was the that? Biggest, they haven't they haven't announced it yet. They think it's a he had a, a billion dollar buyout, but I think they said that they could limit it to as little as a hundred million. So I'm assuming it's a hundred million um, for a guy who won nine and you know four MV four best player in the world, won countless championships, you know both Champions League and Spain. So, um, ooh, and uh, so he goes to Juventus, which is which has only won the Italian league nine years in a row. So the one thing they need is like it's like the Golden State Warriors, pretty much. They don't need him, but if you can get him, you might as well. So, uh, well, if you ha- hey, if you have an extra hundred million to spare, I mean, why not? I personally don't. <laughs> but you don't? No. Okay, so France, with two minutes left, has just cleared the ball and coming up to halfway field with the million $160 million pan. By the way, when you say million, do you mean pounds or do you mean dollars? I'm just curious. I believe it's, or it's euros. probably neither, actually. It's probably euros. Okay, so that's a lot. I don't know the truth. So that's, one point, yeah. that's 1. 1.3, 1.3 euros to pounds. So, so 130 is 130. Million. Yeah. Okay, this guy is – so this number 10, I, I don't know what his name is, but he's been taking lessons from Neymar. He's really uh, good at probably Mbappe. Mbappe. This is actually – it's Mbappe who plays with Neymar at PSG. Oh, well, there you go. So, yeah. so he's taking many I lessons. Mean, okay, so we yeah. have – Five minutes. We have about six minutes left, but I did want to ask you something uh, relating to the World Cup as we're following along here. Does it lessen Messi, Ronaldo, or Neymar's legacy in the fact that none of the basically top three players in soccer are in the World Cup, even semifinals? Not to me. Um, Argentina was awful this year. They barely made it to the Cup. Their, their federation is worse than the U.S. at this point. Um, you know, Portugal has never been that talented. They they've they've they just they don't have the talent. And you can't. It's hard when you look at when you look at this Belgian team or you look at this French team. There are seven or eight guys who would play for any team in the world. You can't say that for Portugal. So you can only – or for – you know, Spain, they would all play for the top 10 teams in the world. You can't say that for Portugal or for Argentina at this point. Brazil – Brazil has just not been as good. They just haven't been. And they were probably a bit overrated to begin with coming into this cup because, well, they're Brazil. Um, but I don't I – don't. it's not – it's not like not winning an NBA title. You know, this is every four years. There's only one team that can make it. I I don't have a problem. I, I don't hold it against them. They're still two of the five greatest of all time, three greatest of all time, probably five. You know, I, I'm not enough of a soccer historian to – enough of a soccer historian to, tell, to, to kind of give detail. 
but that's probably where I, I, I don't hold it against them. Okay, so it. this game is about to end. Did it just end? Game is it's over. over. It just so ended. France enters the World Cup final against the winner of England versus Croatia, which we will see tomorrow night. Okay, so that was, last five it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Sorry, <laughs> 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, tomorrow night was Sochi time. So two minutes, uh, five minutes left, I will go first. Like I said, interesting World Cup. Um, I, I don't understand why I've sat on my butt on some of the nicest days of the year watching soccer this year. But it has transla- it has transformed me. I, I really have enjoyed all of it. Um, I've made appointments around the World Cup this year. It, it's It's been a very interesting change in my lifestyle to see that. And when you, when you hear about how fanatic soccer fans are across the world, this is a guy who's not even rooting for my team. Like, I don't have a team in the race, and I'm still on the edge of my seat for every game including this France game. It was one nothing. France almost scored again in the, in the last minute. But I have thoroughly enjoyed this, especially watching Belgium's Robin Lopez. No, it's not Robin Lopez. It just <laughs> looks like Robin Lopez. You like Robin, huh? Yeah. That was totally good. looks like Robin Lopez. Totally looks like Robin Lopez. But, yeah, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. I am looking forward to the next four years. Seth says we have a lot of talent in the pipeline. I am extremely looking forward to seeing that talent come to fruition and maybe in the next four to eight years. You know, four years ago, we were lining the streets watching this game, watching the World Cup game against Belgium. We were in bars. They were packed. New York City was basically just stopped for the, for the U.S.-Belgium game. I can't wait for that to happen again. I'm looking forward to it in four, day, four years. Seth, you're up. You got three minutes, my friend. Well, I'm going to talk about a sport we actually haven't touched on once today. Did you know Wimbledon was going on, Sean? Does anybody no, know that Wimbledon is going on? You know, on? the best part is I want England in the finals, so that way nobody will show up at Wimbledon. Well, if you, if you look at the women's draw, nobody did show up. No <laughs> one in the top. No one in the top ten. I believe no one in the top 10 made the semis from the women's side. And I think only one of the top 10 made the quarters. What a weird tournament it's been. Serena's going to play Angelique Kerber, and the winner of that probably will. um, Well, actually, no, she's playing. Sorry, they're on the other side. So she's she's playing Julia Jorge's then she'll probably end up in the finals against Angelique Kerber. Um, what a weird tournament it's been. Nobody is following it. Nobody's even remotely paying attention to it. And the men's has been interesting because it's gone in a lot of ways uh, much more, uh, I mean, just much more normal. And you're going to have all these big names are, are left. And it's going to be a, uh, you know, you're looking at Nadal and you're looking at, um, at Del Potro and you're looking at, at Federer and Djokovic has looked really good and you know it's amazing 15 years later it's still those top two you know Djokovic kind of took a huge step back but he's playing, playing well in this tournament but it's just amazing how little anyone is paying attention to this with in regards to everything else that's going on in the sports world but it's still a great great tournament and I'll enjoy watching it this week and that's about all I got so next week Oh, for those of you who wonder about the time and why we've kind of jumped around a little bit over the summer, this is due to me. Um, as you know, my <laughs> wife teaches at night, <laughs> so it's much easier to run these games, to run these shows when she's not there, and as opposed to when she is home. So, in the fall, she'll be teaching, she'll be teaching again, and we'll go back to our normal six thirty, seven o'clock, seven thirty time. So otherwise, I mean, most of us are listening. Most people are listening via podcast anyway, so I don't really feel too bad about it. Um, and it beats me calling the IRS at 3.15 in the afternoon. So There you go. Anyway, check us out on Back Sports page and on iTunes. For Sean Palmer, this is Seth Kamins. Have a good week, everybody. And See you all. Yes, let's go England. It's coming home, so they say. Have a good one. Bye. We still won the war twice. Okay. Bye, everybody. 
See ya. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.